our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Greetings, loved ones, and welcome back to Doing It At Home. I'm Sarah. I'm part of the dynamic duo uh, that is Sarah and Matthew of Doing It At Home. We're so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this space and this community. Today's episode is using trust and intuition to have a raw, real, and beautiful unassisted birth experience with Adina Rivers. And I am so excited for today's episode. But before we get into that, just want to share a few things with you and again, extend that gratitude to you for listening right now, wherever you are at in your journey. Doing it at home, we are here to support current and future parents in believing in their success with home birth, to get you feeling confident, excited, and prepared for the home birth experience because there are a lot of challenges that can come up with that. There are a lot of things to navigate, whether that's making the decision itself to figuring out the logistics and your care provider. And then maybe there is some feedback, if you will, or judgment, another term for it, or pushback or stigma that comes up from friends or family or anyone else. So how do you navigate that? How do you stay close and connected and intimate with your partner? How do you prepare that mental and emotional space for the birth experience and how do you set yourself up for that success so that your whole family wins, you feel empowered, you feel supported. That's what we're here for and that is what these birth stories do. The power of these birth stories, it's really difficult to even put it into words. It's just so incredibly magical what what this space does and what hearing other stories can do. You know, it puts yourself in that place. You imagine what you might be like. You gain some wisdom. You gain some inspiration. You gain strength. And it's just really humbling at the end of the day that we're a part of all of this. So you are a part of this right now with us. If you want to get engaged more, if you want to connect more in the Doing It At Home community, there are a lot of ways to do that. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit that button on whatever podcast player you are using right now. That way you're notified every time a new episode drops. Make sure you're following us on social media at DIAH Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us there. You can join our private Facebook group of over 2,500 other home birth lovers. And there's so much support and inspiration and resource sharing that goes on in there. So you definitely want to hop in there. There's a link to that in the show notes, as well as to our social media, as well as to our website, uh, our merch, our doing it at home gear, and the resources and products that we have for you on our website as well, including our books, our masterclasses, our selected playlists for different experiences 
experiences in the home birth journey, whether that's in preparation for or for the partners, because you know we love the partners here. Matthew is an equal part in everything that we do here, and that's really the approach that we personally have with birth, and so we put that out there for those who resonate with that because we believe partner's perspective when relevant is very, very important. So all that is there for you. Check out the show notes. You know what to do and you know what time it is. So it is birth story time. Quick background on this one because again, I'm so personally excited for this conversation. We got to chat with Adina Rivers and Adina, this is a a personal thing for me too, because I've known of Adina for six, seven years now. She is a powerhouse, a leader in the space of sexual health, pleasure, and relationships. I mean, this woman has over 300 million people watching her YouTube videos, over 400,000 people on her newsletter list. She's been featured in Forbes magazine, Cosmopolitan, and I've just been aware of her and, and knowing of her for years. And then to see recently her move through a pregnancy and home birth experience. It was such an honor to now be able to share that experience on this platform and to make that connection and to just create magic in this conversation. And that's certainly what we did. So Adina is a force and such a powerful presence and I'm really excited for you to hear her story. I'm not going to give any of it away. Just know that it's awesome. And I'll share with you a couple of main topics that we cover. That way, you know, you can kind of get in the zone. So Adina has two different birth experiences, one a birth center in Berlin, Germany about 10 years ago, and then a recent free slash unassisted birth in Bali where she currently lives. And we talk about different elements such as complications with care providers as in being dropped by them and not knowing what to do moving forward, trusting in your body and your intuition, how birth and nature are connected. So those are a couple of things for you to look forward to in our conversation with Adina Rivers. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor and then we'll dive right in. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Adina. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing very good, tired a little bit, but I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> what a great description. I feel like so many mamas could say that right now or yeah. in exactly that space, like tired, but really good. <laughs> exactly. Adina, we're so grateful that you chose to hang out with us today. So thanks for carving out the time. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you guys are doing and really looking forward to this conversation as well. Yes. This is personally really magical for me just to have this connection. I feel like the synchronicity of it all and to be here right now in this moment creating is just so beautiful. So I want to acknowledge that. And I would love for you to share and you can kind of start wherever you feel like the best place to start is because you know best, but how... Mm -hmm birth in particular and and home birth, you know, is part of your journey, but where that kind of comes up for you, like 
before you had children, did you have ideas of what birth would be like for you or what kind of formulated your your thoughts and opinions around birth? Mm. Well, actually, I never thought about children. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I never thought about birth. Um, I was such a free spirit all my life. Mm. Um, my original idea was when I was 18 to have to just adopt children because I always thought about all the children in this world that don't have parents. I was like, oh, why would I bring more children into this world if there are so many who need a helping hand who are already on this planet? Mm. So, and, and besides that, I just also, I was never really a family person. I never thought much about like having that type of setup in my life. Mm. More of an adventuring explorer. And so things just happen. And I think as they happened, I followed the, my intuition, that intuition, that little intuition that we all have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's powerful. And so Yeah, that's what started. And so is that where you feel like you gained most of your 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 lead and your action? Uh, in terms of how you would pursue your births because you've had two you have two children and so going back and and they're decently spaced apart which I think is fascinating too because you have these kind of different times in your life and different snapshots in which you've given birth and brought in life into the world so how do you feel like your first birth influenced your most recent if it did um um, I would say they were pretty similar mm. already. I, I must say I'm kind of like for the wide spirit that I was back then, I'm really proud of myself that I had this intuition back then already 10 years ago to go all natural, to not give a F about vaccinations, if I can say that right now, and all of these things that come with it, um, to just go really all natural and trust my body, trust the body of this little being coming through um, and trust the circumstances also all around. So I was back then already um, very much, very much in tune, I would say with what I perceived as natural. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just that this second birth was even more advanced, I would say. So the first birth happened in the birth center in Berlin, Mm. Germany, um, assisted by a midwife um, and was a really beautiful birth as well. It was really like a home-like setting. Everything went pretty effortless as well. Um, and the second birth right now was at my home just with Oliver, my partner. And it was just the evolution, so to say, of the first birth. But both of them were very similar in experience. Both are really amazing and effortless and um, yeah, in alignment, I would say. Those are some of my favorite words to describe birth. <laughs> and you don't hear them so often yet. That's what we're about here is, is uh, shedding light on that, that birth very much can be all of those things that you just described. And it just makes my heart so happy to hear. It, you know what? I think that when we actually don't listen so much to social media and, to in general to media I think birth comes so natural and you guys are doing this for such a long time so this is something I saw on your Instagram that you also speak about it just actually comes so natural to us we are animals at our deepest and our deepest core we're not much different from animals and so we are overthinking so many things it's just such a natural part of us 
I wonder why it actually has come to the point that we have to medicalize everything and um, and that we don't trust our bodies anymore. It's our bodies are literally designed to do this. And me, I've never been really much of a thinker. I've always just followed my intuition, no matter what it was in life. Mm. May that be business or my body or diet. It's just always been about intuition. What feels good to me? What comes natural to me right now in this moment? And that's how I went about it. So I didn't really read much back then. I didn't know anything about birth. It was just natural and clear to me that I don't want to go to a freaking hospital to give birth. It's just mm -hmm. like, why would I go to a hospital? There is like people who are sick and that's not a place where I want to give birth to a fresh new human being. Mm. So um, yeah, it wasn't really much of a spiritual decision or that I was so spiritually attuned. It was just really the way it had to be for me. Dina, when you had your son 10 years ago, you said you were in Berlin. I'm curious, what mm. was the... What was the, the birth climate like 10 years ago in Berlin? I mean, you were at a birth center. Were those common? Um, and did you know other people who were giving birth outside of hospitals? Oh, that's a great question. Because the birth environment has entirely changed, obviously, right? Like 10 years ago, it was, it was still natural that you would have a midwife and that you would have these birth centers. If I would be in Berlin right now, things are entirely different. I even mm. spoke to the same midwife that, is, that I had for my birth 10 years ago. Excuse me, that's my dog. And, and uh, she said that everything has become so difficult for her to operate um, and to even pay her bills properly to work in, in, in harmony with uh, the doctors and with hospitals and so on and so forth. Uh, it's really hard for her right now to maintain her, her little business that she has as a midwife. Um, but back then it was really natural and easygoing. Doctors would refer me to a midwife. Um, there was a huge list of people I could reach out to when it comes came to midwifery. So it it's it was entirely different, much more easy than it is right now. Oh, that's interesting. But also, I mean, I cannot really compare it that much because, I mean, I'm in Bali right now. Bali is also a completely different setup. Yeah. But I can only tell you from my experience here in Bali, it's crazy how how um, how intense the C-section is here in Bali. Mm. <laughs> it's it's about 60%, I would say. Wow. Yeah, that is very high. In I mean, a lot of countries are high, and I think that's one of the highest I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I would also say that you don't really hear the true statistics as they really are mm. in each country. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that it's always that clear and clean. I think it's much higher than it's actually being advertise or that the statistics show but yeah. definitely here in bali and knowing how the hospitals work here it's it's super high that makes sense and it's all based on money mm -hmm. yeah um how was oliver your partner in the process of pregnancy and birth and in preparation and kind of supporting you and following your intuition Oh, he has always supported me That's beautiful. <laughs> 100%. Um, in the second pregnancy, in the first one, it was really me who said like, look, I don't want to go to a hospital. Mm. I want to go to a birth center. I want to have a midwife. I don't want to have a doctor around me. No bright lights, nothing of that. And um, uh, he just 
followed along, so to say. He didn't really have much of a big opinion back then, but just trusted me. Um, but in particular, the second birth was really interesting because I had, there were some complications, not really complications with my baby, but a situation that came up um, as I went to have a checkup. Um, and it was him actually then really trusting in our path and going all natural and him really telling me, look, Adina, you've always trusted yourself. Now you continue to walk that path. Don't lose faith in yourself and in your body and your capability. Mm. Um, so that was really powerful and amazing to have him around and trust so much in, in my abilities. That's fantastic. We love hearing that yes, partners do. like fully on board and just, you know, there in those tough moments when, when mama is going through what she's going through and then partner can be there like that rock. So that's really cool to hear that you experienced that from Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Well, also during the first birth, my original feeling was that I did not want him to actually be in the room as I gave birth. Um, like then I really wanted to be by myself giving birth. Uh, and in the second, um, during the second birth right now, it's, it, it, there was no other option but to have him around because nobody else was around, was around. Uh, so that was a completely new setup, but it was really perfect the way it was with him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'd love to hear more about that. So in this second pregnancy, we're in a new decade of your life. You're in another country. You know, it's a whole different season and you're preparing for another birth. How... How did you feel going into this pregnancy and this birth? And, you know, you explained a little bit of the climate in Bali. You know, how was it finding care and how was it making your plans um, and keeping in alignment with, you know, you moving from the place that feels most inspired and most empowered for you? Mm. Yeah, that was quite an intense journey. Mm. Um. Yeah, where do I start? Where do I start to explain about this journey? There's something about being in a different country and getting pregnant. (laughs) Uh, Because even though I've lived here in Bali for almost 10 years now, um, it's still still a whole different thing than giving birth in the country where you are born in as well. So for me, getting pregnant here, I had some requirements in the beginning that I told Oliver I said like first of all I don't want to have twins because I'm really 
I was really scared of like, getting pregnant with twins. Mm. Um, number two, I really want to know that everything is okay um, with the little one. So I did want to have some checkups. Uh, and I just wanted to know that I would have a good um, team here, like mm. some really amazing people that I could that could help me to give birth in this country because I mean there's still things that can happen during pregnancy or during birth and you just want to know that there's a good backup system so I think back then 10 years ago when I gave birth to my son um, I was in Berlin I knew if I go to this birth center like 10 minutes away or five minutes away is an amazing hospital in case something happens here in Bali it's really entirely different first of all I live basically in the middle of the jungle more or less mm-hmm. <laughs> um my house is really in a tricky place in a tricky area where no car can actually reach. And so to get out of my house, I have to walk a small little path until I reach the street. Um, and so there's, it's, it's a bunch of things that, that were a little bit tricky about giving birth in, in this house here in, in, in Bali. Uh, and so I was looking for a really beautiful midwife that I would have faith in. And I was considering even to give birth at her place. Um, and I think as I was 35 weeks, I went for one final checkup uh, to the doctor that I thought was really amazing. And then he checked my belly and he was like, hmm your cord looks really unique. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, yeah, it looks like there's only one artery. And I was like, hmm, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't even know what it means. And then he explained, he said like, yeah, usually a cord always has two arteries uh, and not just one, but yours only has one. And so he continued to check and he got really serious. His face ch- changed somehow. <laughs> and he checked the liver, he checked the kidneys, he checked everything. Um, he checked the heart. And I was like, why are you checking everything now? Is everything okay? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, usually when babies have only one artery, the chance is that uh, when it's being born, it's going to have a heart attack or that it can die oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty high. And I was like, <laughs> I, I almost... Um, well, I almost fainted over there when yeah. I heard that because everything was perfect up until this point for my pregnancy. And I was like, all right, okay. And he was like, okay, you're just going to come next couple of weeks every week and we're going to check um, if the heart is okay and if all the organs are working fine. And I was still like in a free state somehow. So I didn't say much. Um and then he also, we sat down at the end of our meeting and he said like, okay, also no more home birth. You have to go to a hospital now with this condition. Mm. I was like, okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Still in this freeze mode. I went out of the, um, the, the, the office, uh, the doctor's office, called Oliver and told him, look, he just, and the doctor just found there's only one artery in my cord and it means this and this and this and then I burst out into tears and he was just so peaceful on the phone he's like look just calm down right now we're going to figure out what this whole situation means and then we're going to find a solution for this up until this point I had already found a really amazing midwife um, who came to my house to always check my belly um, 
And a week later, I went to her place and I told her, look, I want to tell you something that the doctor shared with me. I hope you don't freak out. I hope everything is going to be all right. So I told her that um, one archery situation. And at first she was peaceful. And then later the day she called me and she said, look, I cannot take you anymore. You, you have to find yourself a new midwife. Oh, wow. And then she told me, look, you can, I already t- spoke to other midwives that I know here in Bali, but none of them is going to take you anymore because you have this condition. And then I called another friend of mine and asked if I can go to a birth center here, a really famous one um, from a woman called Ibu Robin. Uh, it's called Bumi Sehat here in Bali. It's internationally also very famous. And even they said they would not take me anymore. So basically all the birth centers declined me, all the midwives declined me. No one would take me anymore. So I was entirely on my own at 35 weeks in Bali. Um, And all that seemed left to me with this condition of a one artery baby was to go into hospital. And I was just freaking out because I was like, that's the last thing I want to do. You don't want to go into a hospital in Bali. It's really not the best standard um yeah it is great they're doing their best like they do in every country but the medical system here is just really not up to date um and i knew that the situation is also the moment you go into a hospital chances are really high that they get you into such a mode that it's going to be end up in cesarean right mm-hmm. so here in bali you even go to the hospital they give you it's kind of like a it's kind of like a hotel setting here you go to the hospital you you when you want to give birth there and then they give you the options you have the option that you can rent this room and that room like a first class room or a second class room you pay in advance um and then they ask you do you want to have cesarean or do you want to have normal birth so and even if you if you they even give you the option if you take cesarean now you pay 50 percent less if you have a cesarean as you and you actually intend to have a natural birth but then you end up having to uh, go for a cesarean, you pay double the price. Oh my so gosh. In fact, it's actually better for you to right away choose the option for a cesarean yeah. because it's only half the price. Wow. <laughs> so Deals out there. All what a the hustle. hospitals here in Bali. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, um, I went to the hospitals here, and with the situation of the lockdown and mm. um, Corona and everything, everybody looked like. A freaking zombie in these in the hospitals. I didn't really feel comfortable to be there. I freaked out already, and I told Oliver, "I cannot give birth here. I cannot be here. I can't even breathe here right now. So how can I give birth here?" Yeah. Um, and it was that moment, actually, that day when I went out of the hospital and I told Oliver, "You know, fuck it. That's just. I just don't want to be here anymore. I'm gonna trust my body right now." I, I'm going to do it at home. If nobody's going to support me, if I won't find anybody, fuck it. It's just going to be you and me, and we're going to do this together. Mm. And that was that was the end, so to say, of the visits to doctors and visits to hospitals. And it was actually exactly what I needed. So even though it really freaked me out that all the midwives declined me, which is also because of the system here in Bali, Um we could go deeper into that, but I don't want to. I don't want to talk about too much about the system here. I don't want to offend anybody. Mm. But um, it's like everywhere in the world, there is a medical system, and the medical system is not always clean and clear, right? There's right. a lot of things that happen behind the um, behind the curtain. So, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we decided then to give birth here at the house and everything went smooth and good and easy. Uh, and just the way I, I hoped it to be actually. Oh my goodness. That's, that's incredible. Just the, that's a lot of stuff to process, especially that far into your pregnancy and so many factors. And then for you to just take that stand for yourself, for baby, for Oliver, for, you know, for your whole family, I just think is really inspiring. And I know someone right now, depending on the the situation, it doesn't have to be the same, but might be at a place like that in their journey, like where it's time to take that stand. And it might not be, you know, exactly like yours. Okay. We're going to do it at home despite this, this, and this, and, and care providers dropping me. It might be to change care providers, or it might be to tell a certain family member that they are not invited or welcome in the birthing space. And, you know, just all these tough things of, of conflict and, and grappling within ourselves that, pregnancy and birth can bring to the surface because they're such revealing, transformative experiences. And so I just, I know that someone right now is resonating with that move that you took, that stand that you took. So thank you for sharing that. Well, it's about trust. It's, it's always about trust, right? I mean, that is the most amazing thing that birth can bring to anybody. It's about fucking trusting. (laughs) And for me, the situation just really pushed me to the edge. I had to trust. In the end, I had no other choice. So that was the really interesting situation about this birth and this pregnancy. I had no other option anymore. The hospital just simply wasn't no option for me. Mm. And um, I'm really grateful in the end that it happened the way it happened, actually, because it allowed me to trust myself even more and to have some really interesting conversations. I had, I did have a doula, um, but as you know, doulas are not allowed to do anything that has to do with taking action on the body. So they're really there just for mental support, for emotional support. I did have a doula though, and we spoke with each other. I told her the situation. She said, look, I'm going to be there for you during the birth if you need me, but I can't do anything, but I'm going to be there for mental and emotional support. Mm-hmm. We did have a conversation also about birth and death. What, 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 what would you do if something would happen indeed to the baby, right? When it's born, like, can you, can you handle the fact if you take this decision to birth at home, you know, you're not capable of getting out of your house in time because your house is so hidden because the next hospital is one hour away. Um, Can you deal with possible consequences, Mm -hmm. um, unwanted consequences? And that was a really interesting conversation for me to have, which is like a conversation about death, actually. And at first I was frightened of this conversation with her. And I was like, is this really the right place right now to have this type of conversation? But in the end, it was also quite liberating to me because it made clear that I was so determined to give birth in a natural way that I was okay with any possible consequences because what could the consequences be if, if this baby is going to be born with some heart failure, some brain issues or whatever, what this doctor told me that could be, then would I be able also to handle the consequences that come afterwards and all those months afterwards? Because mm-hmm. they told me if there is some brain damage or some heart damage, then it could be that this baby is going to have something for the rest of their life, mm-hmm. her life, his life. 
Um, and this just made it even more clear to me which path I wanted to choose because it seemed for me also the most natural path, the path that any animal would choose because also animals don't have the other option to go to a hospital, right? They give birth where they are and it works or it doesn't work. And 99% of the cases that everything was fine, but there is these 1%, right? What I just didn't enjoy so much is... And I would change that if I would ever give birth another time, one more time in my life, I would probably avoid going to regular checkups or to have my baby checked at all. Because I think it only confuses women and it might lead to even more issues, I would say, um, than not checking at all and just really trusting the body because the body knows what it's doing. We have been doing this for forever right this is like the most natural part of us we give birth that's what we came here for reproduction yeah and so i think that for the for a third round that's what i would prefer because this really freaked me out going to this doctor this doctor scaring the fuck out of me by telling me there's only one archery and in the end my little baby girl she's the healthiest strongest baby girl you can ever imagine and oliver told me you know what maybe nature before designed it perfectly maybe she's even stronger than in all the others because there's only one archery and this one archery is maybe bigger and set up in a different way nature always adjusts right mm -hmm. and who are we to believe that everything has to be in a certain way to be perfect yeah and i think the way most doctors act and react is not in alignment how nature actually works nature is perfect in most of the cases, 99% of the time, everything is perfect. And we make such a, we make so many complications around this topic of birth that it confuses women. And then they have all these issues during pregnancy. And then doctors tell them, now you need a cesarean. And no, <laughs> actually not. Nature handles everything. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're sharing, <clears throat> it really makes me think of the, the different approaches you can take to something like childbirth where one approach is all about what can go wrong and how can we prevent all the things that are going to go wrong and the focus ends up being on what's going to go wrong mm. and then the you know the other approach is is trust right. and you know surrendering and having that faith and you know and 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 and, and belief in yourself and the in your body and the natural processes and you know, I'm, I, it's interesting as you're sharing, you're hearing, like I'm hearing, well, you know, the hospital has that one approach and you and Oliver were taking a different approach. And I'm curious, in those final weeks of your pregnancy, after you and Oliver made the decision, like, hey, we're going to have this baby at home, we're doing it that way. Did your preparation change at all in that moment um, for those final weeks? And how did the two of you keep your trust very high? as you know, that you were rounding the corner and heading towards birthing time. In that very moment, it was because, like I said before, I had no other option. And so knowing that I had no other option, there was only that option for me to have trust. And so truth of the matter is that I didn't prepare anything. I... I just really went with the flow every day. I kept believing into what I felt before I went to the doctor's office and before he told me, 
you have only one artery and your baby might be in danger of dying during birth. That's what he told me, which is insane. Why would you tell a woman who is pregnant? Why would you tell her that? You Like yeah. a woman who is pregnant only needs to hear amazing things about her body, not the possibilities of death and the possibilities of, of disruption during birth. And so I think what gave me the biggest confidence was to take the decision, to take the, the, the leap of faith to not go anymore to the doctor's office while actually told me, now you have to come every week so we can check that everything is all right. And to just really say, okay, stop all of that chit-chat from the outside and let's just really go just the two of us and we believe in our path right now we're not going to talk anymore to anybody which is what i did i stopped talking to my parents i stopped talking to anybody i didn't tell anybody about the situation of this one archery mm. um and and i just went full on into it i think that's that's what i did yeah so yes. <laughs> step number one i didn't go to the doctor anymore <laughs> step number two i didn't tell anybody about the situation to not get any opinion from anybody else yeah because everybody obviously and especially around birth everybody has their own opinion and everybody wants to put it on you right away right yeah so um i didn't tell anybody anymore and i stayed basically home for the last couple of weeks didn't talk to many people anymore and just did my thing mm -hmm. did sport every day ate well took care of myself and that was that mm, beautiful and so your birth itself how did you know it was beginning and kind of walk us through a little bit of that if you could? Yeah. Um, it just started with light contractions, mm -hmm. contractions that I thought were in contractions. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they advanced pretty quickly. Uh, at that point, Oliver actually said to me, you know what, I think we're still going to have a lot of time because last time, Jonah, you know, the water broke and then it took another 10 hours until he was actually born. Um, and so he thought it would be similar so that it builds up slowly. Um, but from the moment that these contractions started until actually Nala was born, it was only one hour and 45 minutes. So it was really quick. Oh, My wow. Goodness. That was super quick. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm here. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really quick. And I think she chose it this way. Nala chose it this way because in the last week, I think in the last two weeks, I found then one midwife, a really local midwife who said she would support me during birth. Wonderful. Um, I did not tell her about the one archery because I was scared she would drop me too. Um, but she didn't make it to the birth because it happened also quickly. Oh, wow. So I sat in the bathtub and the contractions got stronger really quickly. And then Oliver was like, I think he freaked out a little bit because everything advanced so quickly. And he was like, sure. Shouldn't sure. we just call the midwife now? I think someone should be here. We cannot be alone here. Um, and um, then I told him, or I, I didn't tell him really properly because the contractions were so strong already. I just said, yeah, 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 do whatever. And so he called her, um, but she came, I think about one hour after Nala was born. Uh, 
and didn't realize that Nala was already here <laughs> when she arrived. She was like, okay, where is she? Where is she? Where is the party happening? Yeah. And all of them was like, ah, but she's already here. So no worries. Wow. Um, no, so I was in a bathtub and everything started, got really intense. Um, I was in different places. Oliver was just running around with the towels all over. He was freaking out because he realized, fuck, we're going to do this alone. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> And so he just like put the towels everywhere because like we were in one room and this one room is connected to my bathroom. So he put the towels all over the floor because the water dropped out. Everything dropped out as you can imagine. Um, and, uh, um, and then I went to the bathroom finally. And I was like, <laughs> I just looked back to Oliver I was like, Oliver, I think, can you see the head already? I think I feel the head already. Oh and he was like, oh, holy cow. We're here alone. Nobody's here. Can you wait a little bit more? I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> and so oh, wow. in the next contraction, she came already and she just literally flew into Oliver's arms. He was there. He totally covered in water, in everything you can imagine, blood, water, everything, holding Nala upside down and uh, patting her on her back so that she would breathe. And obviously there was still this, this thought, I think also in his head, what the doctor said, right? Something could go wrong. She could not breathe. Maybe she could have a heart attack. She could have anything. Um, but yeah, she was totally fine. She landed in his arms. <sighs> And she breathed right away and everything was good right after. We were, we put her on the bed and it took another hour, I would say, or two hours until the placenta was born. Um, the placenta was born actually with the local midwife. Okay. My doula was then also here and everything was good then. But it was, it was really a beautiful experience in the sense that it was just Oliver and me. It felt so raw and so real and just, it felt like Nala really wanted it this way so that I, I would understand the power of my body and the power of believing in myself. And it, it had to be this way. I couldn't have been any other way. I needed that all these midwives dropped me. I needed to have to go through the desperation of not knowing whether I can do this by myself or what's going to happen. I had a huge fight with my parents because they told me, I, you cannot just ignore what the doctor said. You have to go to the hospital. What if she is going to die? You're going to regret this for the rest of your life. I mean, regret is the wrong word here, but you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So it was a huge fight. I had to block my parents too because I just couldn't handle it at 35, 36 weeks to hear that from my parents to also not trust in my ability. And I just really walked this path completely by myself, which was really liberating after everything went well, obviously. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I hope that it gives some inspiration to some woman to really trust themselves and to follow the path of, of nature, I would say. Mm -hmm. And was Jonah there? Jonah was also there, yeah. How was it meeting <laughs> yeah. his sister? Well, he was in the other room first, but he joined once Nala was there mm -hmm. um, and still saw the placenta inside and was part of the birth of the placenta. I think it was unique for him mm -hmm. <laughs> to be part of this. I mean, he's already so aware. He's 10 years old, so he understands everything. But I think for his journey through life, it was a really empowering and beautiful experience. I think he's going to 
take this experience into his own relationships, relationship, mm-hmm. um, and make something new out of it. I don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah. What an experience for all three of you. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible to to be planning this home birth, to go through the different things with the hospital and this and that, and to end up having a free birth, just just the three of you and, you know, you and Oliver mm-hmm. just facing this thing and and having to face yourselves and all the things that come up with that and to 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 welcome Nala in the world in that way is, is incredible. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and I have met respectful women who decide right away to go for free birth. Yeah. That's incredible, really. But I think there is nothing, now that I've experienced it, there's nothing more empowering than doing it really by yourself, entirely by yourself. It's it's such a leap of faith to do that mm-hmm. in the world that we live in right now, right? Because the entire system actually tells us you need this type of authority, you need this kind of type of person to tell you which way to go and what to do. And everybody tells you something about your body while it's your body. Yeah. Why don't we trust ourselves anymore? Why don't we trust anymore in the capability of our bodies, our minds, our our just entire being, our lives? And so if, if there's a chance for women to possibly think about giving birth, to do it in a, in, a, in a free birth style, I think there's nothing more empowering to both the woman and the man mm-hmm. who joins in that. It's such a it's a great point that you make that you know right now and the way that things are in society, a lot of people are 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 taught and encouraged to not trust themselves, to not trust their bodies. That 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 there's another authority, there's another person or entity who knows what's best for you and for them. So, home birth and a free birth is such a beautiful experience for people to really connect with themselves and that trust and for the partners to be able to surrender because as a partner there's only so much we can do we can't physically move baby out and you know you just like you really have to let go as a partner so what an amazing opportunity that that birth in this way presents for all parties involved yeah absolutely i would love also to actually feel what it feels like for a man to be part of that i asked oliver and oliver was also like it's it's such an intense experience because exactly what you just said you cannot do anything other than just be there yeah. right and you cannot help the woman to have less contractions and i i don't want to use the word pain because it's not the right word i think contractions to call contractions painful but the intensity of these contractions no one can take them away from the woman right you cannot ease that discomfort um, as a man you can really just be next to the woman and support her in the process Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's probably also a wild and powerful and intense experience I think for Oliver it was really something really shifted inside of him the moment he he caught Nala as she flew out yeah (laughs) into his arms it's I will from for the rest of my life I won't forget this moment looking back at him because I was standing uh as she came out and looking back at him how he squatted there and just grabbed her because she was all slippery and looking into his face and seeing his facial expression is just priceless. I will never forget that for the rest oh. of my life. Really yeah. such a powerful moment. 
Oh, that's so magical. And it's, it, again, it's so, so symbolic. Like, mm-hmm. I got you. Like, I'm here to support you. I'm, I won't exactly. drop you. So beautiful. I'm, I'm excited for that. You know, I, I pray that I have the opportunity to catch, you know, one of my babies. So I think that's so wonderful that Oliver was able to do that. And, and you said you were standing when, when she, she actually came out, you were standing up. Exactly. Wow. What a. What During a, both births, I did that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so naturally. And um, I, I couldn't imagine any other way, actually, for myself than to stand, like standing, leaning forward, right? Um, and what was also interesting was that um, I used my voice in a much more intense way than I did at first birth. Mm. which I think is also something that animals actually do. So, and it's obviously also different sounds activate different uh, parts of the body, move different organs, cells react differently to sound as well. Uh, I I think Oliver recorded it a little bit and it was really interesting sounds that I made throughout the entire birth. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. My last question for you, Adina, is you mentioned the the liberating aspect of this experience and just with who you are I experience you as a fully integrated being in what you do and what you put out into the world and what you create so I'm just curious I know this is still new you know three months in but if you've already been able to see how that experience and the liberation aspect of it how it's influencing you in terms of what you do in your work and how you're going to be moving forward and whatever you create here on out. Are you, are you seeing the nuances of that? Or are you feeling any differently or more evolved in how you approach the work that you do and what you put out into the world? Not really at this moment, gotcha. not really that I can see any differences. I think the biggest impact in regards to, uh, a shift in my personality was when Jonah was born, which was 10 years ago. That was really the point in my life where I entirely changed the way I lived, the way I saw life, the way I ate, um, the way I treated my body, because just before Jonah was born, um, basically with the birth, with the conception of Jonah, I changed my life. But just before that, I was hardcore partying, doing drugs, alcohol, almost it was really a crazy lifestyle that I had um and with the conception of Jonah everything changed I changed my friends I changed the places I would go to uh the events I would visit no more partying as I did it before not that I didn't enjoy it but it's just I had a completely different focus so I would say the biggest shift happened 10 years ago which was also why I had a move to Bali mm-hmm. um and Nala is just a completely different uh, aspect. She is, she, she is, she, she came for a different reason into my life. But what I do want to say is that I believe when birth happens in 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 really peaceful circumstances, and I guess you guys are talking about this a lot also in your podcast with other women and men, um, the babies seem to be so peaceful. Like one thing I can see and realize is that Nala is so freaking peaceful, barely <laughs> crying only when she really has some discomfort, um, really open to everybody, smiling at everybody. Um, I don't know if there's a correlation between the way we're giving birth and the character that then starts to shape and form, but it does make sense to me. 
um, that it affects the entire being, how how it came into this world and yeah. in which arms it landed and the, what type of lights there were, the energy all around. Um, I just think it really has a huge influence on the character of the little being coming into this world. We agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we hear correlations in the stories that, that are shared on this podcast and patterns from how baby was even in the belly mm. and in the womb like the 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 mannerisms and different things and then absolutely with the way baby was born so i i believe it yeah adina thank okay. you so so much for being with us for sharing your energy your story i'm so grateful and i know so many will will be inspired and will get something out of your story that they can connect with or look at differently and maybe ask themselves some questions to to build that trust and to mm, yeah. trust that that intuition that you talk about i think it's within all of us and you know pregnancy is a really great time to be reflective and to be inward and to look at that for yourself so i'm just i feel so so full and complete <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much adina yeah, I'm also, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing, that you're putting this together and putting this out into the world. Uh, it's it's so needed right now. And just from the journey that I took, I think it's really helpful also for all those women in doubt, actually. As I, I for myself, can only say that it would have been tremendously of help for me in my first, during my first pregnancy to have someone that I can listen to someone who is sharing their experiences so that it would have been more easy for me to take the the path that I took naturally then, but I would have been more supported on my path. So it's really amazing that you guys are doing this. Thank you very much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>